0: from Philippians chapter 3 verses 7 through 14 and I encourage you to turn in your Bibles to follow along as I read. Reading from the book of Philippians, this is the Apostle Paul. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss, Because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss. Because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things. And I regard them as rubbish. In order that I may gain Christ. And be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do— Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, there were three frogs sitting on a log. If two decided to jump into the river... How many frogs were left sitting on the log? Water is an image, as Wilson mentioned, that's used in the Bible for many things, but particularly as an image for life, and specifically spiritual life. Water represents the kind of relationship that God wants to have with each of us, a relationship that's alive and moving and thriving, our Old Testament reading this morning, was from the book of Ezekiel, describing the time when the prophet Ezekiel had a vision, this vision of being led by the Lord into a river. And at first, as Ezekiel was moved out into the water, the water was only ankle deep. And then as he moved further with God, the water came up to Ezekiel's knees and then his waist Finally, God led Ezekiel to a place in the water where he couldn't touch bottom. And I think this story shows us a picture of what God wants for us. If the river represents our life in Christ, then he wants us to be in a place where we are fully in, fully under, swimming around in the grace of God. We're not supposed to be sitting on a log where we can be complacent, lazy, or safe in our faith. God wants us to jump in with both feet into the river where we will constantly move, change, and grow. And more importantly, learn to trust God to hold us because we cannot touch bottom. I heard this text preached at a conference once, and the preacher challenged us by saying, quit playing in the baby pool. God wants you in the deep end. Our first house in Texas had a pool. So about as soon as my babies could breathe or walk, we put them in swimming lessons Now, the teacher followed a philosophy that was probably similar to that of the Morgan Swim School here in Richmond, which is now called Aquatots. You all might be familiar with Morgan Swim School. And that philosophy is to get the kids into the deep end as soon as possible, even when they couldn't fully swim. And parents weren't allowed to see these swim lessons. But I was pretty amazed that at the end of the week, our daughter was jumping off the side of the pool and sort of doggy paddling to the side with no assistance except the encouragement of her teacher who was in the pool with her. None of this being safe in the shallow end business. To learn to swim and to trust her teacher, Allison had to move past any fear of the water and jump all in. Now, I confess, as far as my life goes, I'll be the first to admit that I don't like giving up control in my life. I would prefer to be in spiritual waters at a safe depth where I can touch bottom. But what I've learned in my life is that faith and spiritual growth are not a result of safety or my best efforts. I cannot experience the abundant life that Christ has promised me if I am not willing to take risks and jump into God's grace. I don't think there's anyone more fervent about experiencing the fullness of God than the Apostle Paul. Did you hear his words in Philippians? Listen again to what Paul wanted most in his life, verse 10. He says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. Can you hear that intensity in his voice? Paul had one resolution, one goal in his life, and that was to know Christ. He wanted to be all in, not living his life safely or complacently. He resolved to suffer to die even, whether it was to actually die because of how bold he was for Christ or to die to himself, his sinful desires, his ambitions, his plans for his own life. Why? Because Paul wanted to experience the power of the resurrection, a full life. So let me ask you this, First Church Richmond, How much of the power of the resurrection do you want to know? And what will it take for you to experience it? Paul says, not that I've already obtained this or I've already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Now, our spiritual life is not one of works. It is all about grace. God is the one that saves us and captures us by God's grace. But when we are truly captured by grace, when we understand the enormity of the undeserved gift of a relationship with God that God gives to us, we change directions in life. Our motivations change. Our priorities change. We are filled with such awe and thanksgiving that the only way to respond to the grace of Christ is by loving him back. To want to know him and live for him, as Paul says. Wanting to grow as his faithful disciple. And Paul says the reason he wants to know him and live for him is because Jesus claimed him as his own. Jesus made me his own, Paul says. In other words, Jesus took a hold of Paul's heart and claimed him. And now Paul wants to know Christ more and more in his life. Not that I've already obtained all this. But I keep pressing on. And so Paul's goal of knowing Jesus was not something he ever completed. He used this image now of a race and that there's this finish line he hasn't gotten to. His goal is to become a mature Christian, a disciple of Christ, running hard after him, to fully experience God, to know him. And he's straining every muscle in his body, just like runners do in a race. And Paul says in verse 13, I do not consider that I have made it my own. Basically, he's saying, I haven't arrived yet. Now, you think that Paul wrote this when he was a young Christian. He wrote this, actually, in Philippi when he was toward the end of his life. And so he's writing this saying, I really haven't made it my own, but I keep on pressing on. He forgets everything that has happened everything that's behind him, and he strains forward to what lies in front of him. He does not consider that he has arrived in his faith. One theologian writes, true maturity actually means you haven't arrived and that you must still keep pressing on forward towards the goal. You know, like the Christians in Philippi There are many of us who have the idea that we can stop growing and serving and giving when we reach a certain stage or age in life. When trying to recruit younger Sunday school teachers or youth leaders, I have often heard people tell me, "No, get the younger people to do it. Get people who have kids that age to do it. I did my time volunteering when I was younger. Or, We can hear, we can't ask so-and-so to do that. They're too busy with their lives, or they're too busy with their families. And honestly, for the number of members this church has, I'm dismayed by how few people are actively involved in some sort of spiritual growth outside of worship, such as Sunday school or Bible study or small groups. Friends, there's no such thing as retirement for Christians. There's no such thing as retirement for Christians. It's simply not a biblical concept. Sure, we may look forward to finishing our time in the workforce, but we never get to retire as Christians. Paul says we never get to quit. We must keep pressing on to know Christ, to love Christ, and to serve Christ. We must forget what is behind We can't sit on our laurels, our accomplishments, those things we have done in the past to serve the church, the things that First Church Richmond has done in the past. We can't sit on those accomplishments and say, yep, we've done all that. We've done our share. As long as God gives us breath, we are called to continued maturity in Christ. We don't cross the finish line until the day we die keep running, Paul would say, press on, strain, or I would say, jump, all in. The Message Bible translation puts it this way, I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong, by no means do I count myself an expert in all this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal, those of us who want everything God has for us. That's that's those verses in the message. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. I was captured by Christ's love as a young middle schooler. I came to know Christ in my youth group in a Presbyterian church in a very full way. Now, I knew God growing up. I was baptized as an infant, but I really fully understood what Christ had done for me when I was confirmed as a youth. And from that moment on, I sought to follow hard after Christ to know him. In my journey with Christ, he has taken me on some crazy adventures and to some crazy places, like serving on mission trips to Ecuador and to the border of Mexico, or sending me to Houston, Texas to work In full-time youth ministry when I had no idea what I was doing, or my first call to San Angelo, Texas, the middle of nowhere in Central West Texas, or even places like Richmond, Virginia, where I never expected to come. Adventure. It's been an adventure. Not all easy, definitely some hard moments, but it has been an adventure nonetheless. And in all of that striving, pressing on, to be with Christ. I've gotten to know him more and more and serve him and love him more and more as I've come to trust him and trust his plans for my life. Friends, do you want everything that God has in store for you? Because I don't know about you, I don't want to miss out on a single moment. I don't want to miss out By trying to stay safe or complacent or fearful, I want to go on this adventure with Christ and jump all in. I know it's scary jumping into the unknown, not only in your personal lives, but as a church, as you continue to be uncertain about your future and when you'll receive your new pastor and what will happen in the next few months or the next year. But I want to assure you that God's calling for you and for this church and for the church has not changed. He's asking you to adventure with him and to trust him and to jump all in. Our Presbyterian Book of Order says this about our mission from Christ. The church is called to be Christ's faithful evangelist, going into the world, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all he has commanded. And it goes on. The church is called to undertake this mission, even at the risk of losing its life, trusting in God alone as the author and giver of life. Sharing the gospel and doing those deeds in the world that point beyond themselves to the new reality in Christ. Sounds a lot like Paul to me, who said, For his sake, Christ's sake, I have suffered the loss of all things. Paul jumped all in. What about you? When Allison was first learning how to swim, my husband Phil would get into our pool, and we had a a short diving board, and uh, Allison would love to jump in, but she still was a little tentative around the water, and she would get on the edge of the diving board, and Phil would encourage her, come on in, jump in, I'll catch you, come on in. And she would get to the end, and of course she'd hesitate, she was really fearful. Finally, she would jump, and she would not jump not because she got over all of her fears completely, but she jumped because she trusted the one who was going to catch her. Friends, we will not receive the fullness of the life God intends if we do not jump all in even at the risk of losing our lives. But God is not asking us to trust the future. God is asking us to trust in him. I began with the image of our relationship with God being a river, and I'll close with that. Like Ezekiel, God calls us to deeper places in the river so that we can mature as Christians, so that we can learn to trust him. Everything will live where the river goes, Ezekiel says. The first step to going deeper is to jump in the river of God's grace where we cannot touch bottom, but instead must depend on God. So if three frogs were sitting on a log and two decided to jump, how many frogs were left sitting? You might say one, but that's not the answer. The answer is three If there are three dog frogs and two decide to jump, there would be three frogs left sitting on the log. Listen carefully. There is a difference between deciding to jump and actually jumping. Don't just decide to jump. Jump! Jump into God's marvelous river of grace, knowing that as you reach out for Christ, He so wondrously reaches out to catch you again and again and again. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.